You are listening to Boise Fire Mission Strong Podcast, where we share stories from the field, public safety knowledge, and give an inside look into the Boise Fire Department. Here's your host, Fire Chief Mark Niemeyer. Hello, Boise, and welcome to another episode of the Boise Fire Department Mission Strong Podcast. Today, I am down at our beautiful training center, and I'm joined by two of our outstanding best. Training Captain Chad Kane, Training Captain Sean Cope. Welcome, gentlemen, to the Mission Strong Podcast. Thanks, Thanks. Steve. So we're here to talk a little bit about this beautiful facility, number one. Number two, really, what does it take to become a firefighter? And then we'll talk a little bit about the Recruit Academy, which you two have been heavily involved with, with a current class of 19 recruits. So let's start off, give the viewers an idea of this training facility, why we're so lucky here at Boise Fire Department to have a facility like this where we can do so many things. Yeah, so the the facility originally was built in 2018. Uh, and before that, we had a training center down, shared with logistics, all the guys that work on our, our fire engines, our fire trucks, uh, right there off of the green belt. Pretty limited in what we could do down there. And so uh, being able to build this facility, we have five-story building we can burn propane in, uh, two-story, uh, it's kind of like a house. Uh, we can burn Class A fuels, we can burn pallets and those types of things. Uh, and just do a lot more training down here and bring all the companies down uh, throughout the city uh, to do to do training. Talk a little bit about some of the other trainings that you do that are outside of just our suppression response and our EMS response. We have four specialty teams within the, the department. We have our ARF team, which generally doesn't come down here. They'll do a lot of their training at the airport. We have our tech rescue team, so they can use our five-story tower to do repelling. Uh, they can also set up a lot of different um, confined space or uh, heavy extrication type of drills. We have our hazmat team, so we we're in the middle of or, or currently doing a hazmat academy for some, some new guys joining the team. Uh, so they're able to do training down here as well. Uh, and then dive uh, doesn't really function down here, but um, they're able to at least come come and participate. And we do have the availability with the 17 acres we have to continue to build out uh, and provide training yeah, for, true for all those there that we can expand mm-hmm. as we grow, right? That's huge. Yeah, there's a couple other things too. We got an extrication pad, so we try and get a series of cars down here. Um, and we've been doing some ASHRAE training as well yeah. at this facility. Uh, we also host the National Guard, PD. Uh, National Park Service. National Park Service, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's, uh, it's always kind of a busy place down here with a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts. So it's kind of fun to even just be a fly on the wall and watch what's going on. So there's a lot going on. Yeah. I love coming down here. Talk a little bit about, from a, from a taxpayer standpoint, one of the things that I know was discussed when we built this facility was the ability for other departments to come and do joint training, right? And I, I've seen Eagle's engines down here, Meridian's engines. We host classes where people talk a little bit about that and, and how we've been able to kind of capitalize on that relationship with other departments. Yeah, it's been great. It's been good to cooperate with everybody. Since we are going on calls with them in an automatic aid capacity, it is nice to, to facilitate some of that. So we do have uh, three-in-ones where we'll actually have all of our mutual aids come in, automatic aids guys come in, whether it be Middleton. I think I saw CUNA down here last week doing some EMS stuff with with all of us. So that interagency is, is really good just to learn what other what we're all doing as a system to help us out. Secondarily, we do um, have the capacity to be running kind of our own training. And if uh, an Eagle engine or Meridian engine wants to come down and do a specific style of training uh, for just a single company drill, truck company drill, they can come down here and utilize the facility by just getting a hold of us. And so what that does is allows us to uh, just create a unity of, of conversation, a unity of, of drills. And uh, it, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good thing overall. Uh, we have done, 
a series of three and ones where it is fire-based skills and we'll we'll go out and have Meridian down here, Eagle down here, mixing in with the, the Boise companies as well as EMS. Love it. Yeah, it's great. Good stuff. So let's talk a little bit about, you both have been running our last Recruit Academy. Uh, we get questions all the time and as we open up our recruitment process yet again, what should they be doing now before they even apply to take the test? What, how can they excel themselves to get ready for that, that process? Yes, yeah, so overall, there's, there's really two things that we're looking for. Um, those two things are, are primarily their character and then their physical ability. Uh, so, so we're not necessarily looking at, uh, although past experience can help and can add to what they can contribute, uh, we're really looking at who they can be within the department and what service they can provide to the community. So character's gonna show us that. So things like drive and adaptability, stress tolerance, um, those types of things are gonna help out overall, just learning who this person is. And we can see a little bit of that in the interview process. Uh, and then especially as we get them into the, into the recruit academy, we get to see that a little bit more. And then the physical fitness component, uh, we, we can't necessarily test them on uh, firefighting skills before they even show up, uh, but we can teach them all that. Uh, but one of the biggest correlators to success on, on the fire ground is their physical fitness. And so that's one of the things that we'll test as well. Um, so currently we're working on uh, seeing what that looks like before getting hired and then throughout the Recruit Academy, uh, maintaining a high level of fitness as well. Let's talk about the fitness piece just a little bit. I think some people out there that are maybe considering this job, they think, well, I, I can't bench press 300 pounds or I can't do this or I can't do that. Talk about the level of fitness we're really looking for. It's not a matter of just how much weight you can push up, man or woman. Uh, it's about the physical fitness capacity, right? It's about that stamina and, and being able to go the distance when we need to. So talk a little bit about what are we looking for specifically when it comes to physical fitness? Right, I'll, I'll touch on it, Kevin King can, can add to it, but it's more comprehensive. It's not just their cardiovascular fitness. Uh, we do look at their VO2 max, so, so uh, how well their body's producing that oxygen and, and what that looks like. Uh, at, um, at that level. We're also looking at their overall strength, overall endurance. Uh, so it's a lot more comprehensive look at, uh, at their fitness, more than just a 300 pound bench press or, or even more than just uh, their ability to run, but we wanna see that they can perform all the fire ground tasks. Yeah, Chad, anything to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, firefighters come in all shapes and sizes, different strengths and abilities. And so we're just trying to capitalize on, hey, this is the job specific requirements that we've seen, that we've experienced and that we expect, uh, that the public expects. And we're trying to bring them up to that level. So yeah, whether it's a 400 pound deadlift or, or uh, I can run really fast, you know, all of those do kind of have good characteristic traits as far as physical fitness goes that we think aids in a good candidate. Uh, but overall, yeah, we're just looking at, uh, can they have that stress tolerance of loading up their bodies and, and performing a, a, a tough duty for 20, 30 minutes uh, or longer? Perfect. And um, yeah, we put them through the, the ringer here in the academy yeah, a little bit. Do. So yeah. let's talk it. Let's go back to character now. Something that's very near and dear to my heart in in maintaining a good, strong culture like we have really important to hire the right people to bring in. Right. So let's talk about the character traits you all would look for in that next recruit coming in once you get them into the academy. Yeah, so, so overall, so within the Recruit Academy, we have what's called the pride motto. So professionalism, respect, integrity, dedication, and excellence. Uh, so that, those are kind of the broader general things that we're looking at for, for everyone who, who comes into the fire service. But there are those specific things, and I mentioned a couple of them, uh, that we think are beneficial in terms of uh, their success in the fire service and, and how well they're going to perform on the fire ground. So things like drive. 
uh, things like resiliency, their ability to, uh, to bounce back from adversity, uh, their ability to adapt. Our, our job is, is ever-changing, right? Whether it's on the fire ground or even within the firehouse, th things change all the time, and we want to make sure people can adapt to that change well, uh, and they're not, they're not necessarily comfortable with that status quo, but they, they can move forward. Um, and, and with that curiosity as well, we want people to be curious, we want people to, to not, not be comfortable with where they're at, but to want to progress and, and not only have themselves get better, but the, the department get better uh, so that the, the community can be served. Love it. Because those are all the traits that we want in our firefighters when ultimately we serve the mission and our mission is to respond to the community, right? And so we want all those traits in our firefighters. I love that. Yeah, you just said something there to serve our mission, right? So, I mean, if you take that, we want people who will want to serve. So servants, right? Have yes. that servant mentality. Yes. So we want to see, you know, and tr trust. Like, how do we build trust with these people? Can we trust these people? Can the public trust these people? And um, and then just being selfless and, and uh, kind of that servant mentality is, is what we're looking for down here. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about the academy. So step one is getting through the door, right? We know that, passing the test and getting through the door. And then the real work begins in the academy. Talk a little bit about these 12, 14, 16 weeks that we see these firefighters every day uh, with the skills checkoffs and everything you do down here. Talk a little bit about how that academy works. Yeah, so we run, this, this academy is 19 weeks. We normally run about a, a 18 to 20 week academy. Uh, day one, they come in, it's an exciting day for everybody's nerves are high. Um, and we, we start right away with basic skills. So we do have a, a comprehensive curriculum that we try and follow that makes sure that we're hitting all of our basic uh, NFPA checks, but also the stuff that Boise Fire Department specifically is trying to do. So we do try and uh, bring them in, get them lined out on just what our ethos is. What is our purpose? You know, why do we exist as a fire agency? And so we really want to try and build a common uh, mentality pretty early. And what that consists of is, is us just driving home. What's the mission? Trying to be mission strong, baby. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's trying to build that servant mentality and also understanding where they're at in their career and uh, what their job is or what our job is, and then uh, lead them through a series of skills, which we could talk on for the next four hours if you have the time. Day one, yeah. right, or week one. Uh, you guys are bringing in 19 to 21 people, uh, brand new to the organization with really diverse backgrounds. We learned that this academy as we were getting to know them day one and heard all their backgrounds. We were fascinated to find that we had a lot of folks in this academy that have a musical background that, that maybe you wouldn't expect. Uh, so how do you take 1921 different backgrounds and rally them around, here's our one common mission that we're all gonna strive for. And that's what this academy is gonna be built off. Maybe, Sean, talk a little bit about that. How do you rally everybody around, here's your new mission? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so one of those things is we, we want to establish a purpose. So we want to communicate what our mission is, right? To respond to the community. Uh, so we're going to, in a sense, over-communicate that from day one until, uh, we, we say it today, we're in week uh, 13, 14, uh, and we're going to continue to communicate that until they leave here and, and they're on probation, hidden in line. And so we're going to over, overstate that and, and that purpose. We also want to develop a sense of belonging. Hey, you, although you're new here, you, you do belong to something. You belong to a history uh, in the fire service, the American Fire Service, as well as within this organization. Um, and so we want to bring them up in that. And so we're going to continue to, to bring and drive those points home. Uh, and then with that, we're going to try to tie everything we do, like Captain Kane said, into that mission. We're going to keep bringing it back into this is why we exist. We're telling you to do these little things so that we, we know if you're faithful in the small things, you're going to be faithful in the big things. Uh, and so if you can perform here, 
and do the things we're asking you to do. And we can trust you. We can trust you out with the public and to serve the public. And I love that idea of little things matter, right? I think organizations get in trouble when they quit paying attention to the little things, mm -hmm. right? So I love that we're starting that day one, the little things matter, and it will the, the whole career. So let's talk about, it. as you see candidates come through, not everybody passes, right? This is a hard academy. Uh, talk about what are those struggles that, that people find that they just, it doesn't click, right? Or they, they don't make it through for some reason. What, what are those factors you guys see? Yeah, obviously, the, the, so there's three ways that we typically will see people um, not succeed in the academy. One's going to be their character or their conduct uh, or their physical performance on the skills, skill-based, or injury. Um, and I just want to put it out there that we take no pride in attrition. We don't, we don't seek people out. We don't want uh, to do that, but uh, it's inevitable, it seems like, to some percentage. So with the character flaws, anything that kind of goes contra to that pride acronym or any things that we previously stated. Um, and it's not just a, hey, we see this one thing and now you're done. What it is is a series of, hey, we saw this. We'll try and bring them in. We do one-on-ones with everybody every single week and we'll say, hey, just so you know, this is what we saw. This is some of the things that we're not seeing. If we see continued behavior patterns, uh, we're going to have some more challenging conversations. Um, when it comes to performance, we do have a series of indivi individual performance standards and a series of uh, quarterly, or I guess you could call them quarterly, but we have assessments in, in block testing uh, where they come in and they're going to have to perform at 100% competency on the skills that we've taught them out the course of the academy at that point. So if you have a series of failures in any of those individual performance standards over the academy, uh, that could be a way that you'd objectively get fired. And then injury, that's kind of a, a subjective space depending on the, the seriousness of the injury, the timing of the injury. And um, so in, injury is a, a way that it could potentially get you released from the academy, yeah. But the, the reason I asked the question, it was an important question. I think some folks think, well, if I get in this academy, I leave my job and I get in the academy and I screw up once, I'm gone. You know, and that fear of, of a, a quick turnaround. And I think I, I'm really proud of all the work you guys do because you go above and beyond to try and make sure somebody succeeds, right? And that's really what I wanted to get to is there's a, a bunch of steps that happen to try and improve somebody's performance, their behavior, et cetera, before we just let somebody go. I, I think the job you guys do is amazing down here uh, when it comes to that. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, and one of the things we do is we, we want to clearly communicate our expectations from the beginning. And so when we tell them, hey, this is what we expect of you, uh, Conduct-wise, this is what we expect of you. Skills, this is the knowledge that you have to have. Uh, like Captain Kane said, we're going to meet with them every week, and we're going to tell them where, where they stand. Sometimes those conversations are hard, sure. uh, but we think yeah. accountability is important. And so we want to have those conversations with them, communicate where we think they're at, where they can improve. Uh, and what we tell them from day one is we're going to give them all the tools. Everything we have, we'll pour into them for 19 weeks. Uh, it's, up, it's up to them to use that to be successful, but we're going to give them everything we have because part of our job is not only to train them, uh, part of our job is also to see are, are they a good fit for the organization? Right. Right. Should, should they be Something here for the next important. 25, 30 years? And so we have, we have really two roles and, and we have to balance those out and, and look at one, can we train them appropriately? Two, how do we assess them? And bringing those together, we're able to, I think, um, do a good job of, of looking at the overall person that we have and whether or not they're going to be successful as they move on from the Recruit Academy. We've talked about the Academy that first day, kind of the tone that we set, but as they go through those 18 to 20 weeks, what are those skills that you guys are really working on down here to make sure that when they get released out of the Academy and go to the line, they're ready? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we do have a fire side of the academy. We have an EMS side, and we also have some specialty team stuff. The way, the, well, the majority of the academy is going to be within the fire side of um, our skills. So that's where we put a lot of our energy. The way that we started looking at the academy, we changed the curriculum up a little bit, is what are some of our foundational skills that we just have to have that should become second nature pretty quickly? So if you start looking at that first week, what we really start touching on is our PPE and SCBA. We just have to know the ins and outs of all of those. Uh, building construction and fire behavior. So fire behavior, fire dynamics, building construction, and then the stuff that protects us. And then you start looking at uh, what we call the big six. So the big six are things that are happening on every single fire. Uh, that um, meet the spirit of the mission. So if you start breaking down our EOGs, our, uh, our guidelines, you'll see that, hey, we have to account for life safety, we have to account for exposures, and uh, we gotta extinguish the fire and make sure everything's done. So if you start looking at how, what skills fall into those categories, you'll see hose deployment is a big one. So we spend a lot of time on hose. We uh, will see search is another big one, right? Those are our two primary uh, tactics that we'll use to try and rescue right. rescue people, yep. either remove the hazard or remove the people. Um, and then secondarily, we've got ventilation, we've got water supply, and those are really the four things that happen on every single fire. And then the other two that kind of close out the big six is uh, ladders and irons, because those help facilitate getting in, uh, in and out of the building for search and for uh, hose. And I'm assuming we, we discuss coordinated attack, all of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, love it. Yeah, we get into all of it. So just as a, as a broad um, overview of what's going on, we'll try early when we're learning brand new skills. So this is kind of the first block of the academy, the first six, seven weeks. What we try and do is give them classroom components and drill components. So we'll break down what we're covering, why that matters inside of our mission. So it might be, hey, this is hose. What, what is it in general? Why does it matter for us is to achieve our mission? And then we'll get into um, how we do that. So we'll go outside and we'll just start breaking everything down. Uh, in that early acquisition phase, we really try and just slow things down, no stress. And we'll try and what we call chunking. So we'll break it into thirds essentially. So, hey, this is how we, here's a simple example. This is how we load the pre-connect. It's got three sections of hose. Let's just load the first section. Nice. We'll just load, that's all we'll do is load the first 50, take it off, load the first 50, take it off, okay, load the second, load the second 50, load the third 50. And um, we do that with every single skill. So um, from pre-connects to searching, to irons, to ladders, to ventilation, uh, to water supply, we'll just break everything down. Once we feel like we've given them the skill sheet and the skill, the procedure, we'll then uh, kind of let them run with it as a full drill. And then eventually, once they start to really get the drill down, we'll start to uh, put them in evolution. So we'll actually get uh, multiple companies down here. Companies from the line will come down. We'll do live burns. Uh, and we try and do that at least once a block. And, and I think we've got about six or seven total MCO days, multi-company operation days. So it's, it's, nice. it's been fun. Yeah. It's busy down here. It, it's really busy. It's yeah. really busy. Yeah. So let's talk about they, they graduate from the Recruit Academy, which is a huge hurdle, right? And it's a, it's a prideful moment for that candidate, their family, but the work's not done, right? The work is really just getting started. So they leave the Recruit Academy. What happens next? Yeah, so after the Recruit Academy, I guess to, to highlight it, they get to have a graduation, uh, which graduation I think is one of the coolest things we do in the fire service, right. the pipes and right. drums and everything else, uh, you know, speech from chief, all that. <laughs> uh, so we do uh, the graduation. After that, they'll go to the line. Um, and so each of them will be assigned to a shift. 
And the way that our probationary time works is they rotate uh, engines or, or onto a truck throughout that time. So uh, generally speaking, we have six blocks that they go through uh, and they'll go to an engine uh, and they'll be there for five to six weeks. And they have a series of things that they have to complete. And so the way that the probationary firefighter program is built is to, is to grow from what they've learned in the recruit academy. Yep. So what they'll do is uh, each block is centered on a building type, uh, building construction type. Uh, and then the, the tactics associated with that building construction type and then the tasks, the specific skills that they're going to need to know to perform well within that building type. So they'll go to, a, to an engine, let's say engine six for their first block. And then after five to six weeks, they'll rotate to another engine. They'll continue to do that and they'll spend one of their training blocks on a truck as well because the yep. truck has some specialized yep. skills. Very and, much. Uh, they'll, they'll work through some of those things uh, on the truck. And then throughout that time, uh, they, they will have a series of informal evaluations as well as a couple of formal tests. So at their eight month mark, they'll be tested uh, to, main, to make sure that they're maintaining proficiency and competency and all the skills that we've taught them. Uh, and then they'll have a 12 month test, a year test. So on their roughly around their year uh, higher date, um, they will do a 12 month test. And that test consists of uh, potentially some individual performance skills, but mm -hmm. also company-based ones where the whole company is involved. Uh, and we can see them perform as a member of the crew. And so we'll have a couple of evaluators watch them to make sure uh, we can release them off probation uh, and, and continue on in their career. And I would say that's not even the end point, right? There's really no end point to this journey, as you guys know. Uh, we often say, and you'll hear it in the, in the speech that I give these recruits, the higher you go, the more you owe. Every step of the way in your career, the higher you go, the more you owe, because we've got to be that much better for the community. And I think what I've seen is you are setting the tone in the Recruit Academy that training matters. The details matter, that's being passed on to their probationary time. And I think as an organization, that message permeates very well, that training does matter. And so even when they're off probation, uh, that's not the time to relax, right? Talk a little bit about that and what our, what our organization expects. Once you're done with probation, you don't get to relax. The, the base mantra that we say in the academy is that professionalism is preparedness. Um, so as, as professionals, we should be ultimately always prepared to act in any scenario that we go on. It's an all hazards thing. So uh, we say preparedness is a big thing. So the only way to really prepare is to communicate, communicate cooperate, unify, and deploy training uh, as best we can. Um, what do you got? I, yeah, I yeah. So, so, so with that, uh, one of the things that, and we, we didn't make this up, but one of the things that we live by here and that we think carries on throughout their career is uh, when we look at the overall wellness of firefighters, uh, we believe that as you increase competence, so the better you are at your job, the more competent you are to perform that job, the more confidence you'll have. So your confidence will increase. As your confidence increases, uh, then your uh, stress will decrease, right? Because stress is just a response to, to unknowns. And if you're more confident, you're more confident, then, then your stress will decrease. If your stress decreases, then, then your morale will go up. So overall, we think everything ties back to training. Uh, that, that's why we're both here is because we believe training is one of, uh, in terms of supporting what operations does and responding to the community, uh, training is where it starts. And so we're from here, from the Recruit Academy and on throughout the rest of their career, as we maintain competence, uh, not only are we gonna be able to respond to the community better, but overall employee wellness is gonna go up uh, also. What I'll say, the, the department's blessed to have both of you in our training division, uh, along with the remainder of the training division, right? We have great uh, training captains within our organization and the work you do down here really does set the tone. I, I, I agree with you, training's where it's at. You know, on, on a day where you're quiet and not running a lot of calls. I remember telling a firefighter years ago, 
He was having some challenges in his firehouse. And I said, if you got time to complain, you got time to train, go outside, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that message was heard and he, he took it and ran with it. And, and I think that's really the right message is training is at the core of what we do to be prepared so that we are more confident. Love that. Yeah, can I speak on that a little you bit can't further? Speak. Yes, <laughs> um, one of the things, just tying the Recruit Academy back into that question is one of the things that you see is you create a really strong bond with the people that you go through the Recruit Academy with and you graduate from, and that bond carries over for decades. Um, one of the things that we talk about in the academy and why it's important to keep training as the years go on is because kinship is built in blood and sweat. And the more work you put in with each other, the more you start to trust each other. And that sweat equity goes a long ways. Um, and that sweat is really done on tough calls um, that, uh, and training and coming down here or through the academy, any way that we can get together and start putting our brains together to start solving problems through work, through effort, that builds trust, that builds that camaraderie, that kinship, that, that really uh, makes the fire service really fun. It makes the bonds tighter. It makes work enjoyable. It makes the hard times go a little bit better, increases the confidence, the confidence, decreases the stress and boosts the morale. So that sweat equity, that sweat equity goes a long ways. And so, um, there's that secondary benefit of, hey, you just have to be prepared for your job. This is your, this is your professional obligation to be well-trained. Secondarily, that sweat that happens through that preparation is just, it builds great relationships. So we try, we wanna try and build that culture that helps us. Well, that trust piece goes even to the, to the webinar, the, the podcast that we just did on mental health and resiliency, right? Having trust within the organization, I know I can talk to you now, right? I know I can share how I'm maybe hurting a little bit, after a rough call and you have that trust that allows us to be resilient. Love it. Okay, here's the, here's the moment in the podcast where we open it up and you get to ask me any question you have. I can't imagine you guys didn't put together a question. So Chief, talking about recruitment and the, the Recruit Academy, as the, as the city grows, uh, what do you see, how, how do you see the organization growing in the future? Yeah, great question. I, I'm very proud to say I think we're in a great spot at Boise Fire Department. A, a we have a great culture uh, and we have a great foundation, but as our community grows, uh, so too does the need to respond to the community, and, and that means growth. Uh, I'm excited we put together a 10-year master plan, as you know. We presented that to city council to say, based on what we're seeing in the growth, here's how we need to keep up. Because the one thing we want to do is maintain that high level of service that we're proud to offer our community. It's all about the mission, right? So even as I talk to recruits about mission, I, I talk to our city council and our leadership the same way. This is the mission we serve. It's the, the reason we're important for a community uh, to keep it not only safe, but I think there's a comfort level when they know they have a good fire department that is gonna be there during their time of need. So I think it's a great time to be looking to get in our fire department. I think we're gonna grow as the community grows. Uh, we have great support from our leadership and great support from our community. And those two things make a good recipe. Uh, so I'm excited about the future. I think our future is very bright. That's great. How do you think the training division could serve our department better? Oh, wow. Uh, I think as our mission continues to evolve, right? And we see this, right? We, we, we got to all hazards for a reason, right? We start off in fire suppression. Most fire departments want nothing to do with EMS. And then there was enough pressure from the community that we got into EMS. Now you see us in hazmat, uh, ARF, special operations. Uh, Alan Brunacini was a great mentor of mine, the Phoenix fire chief. And he was great at saying, what's next, right? He would draw it on a napkin as only Alan could do. And he'd say, what's next in the bay? If there's an open spot in the bay, what's next? And I think that will be our challenge from a training division standpoint as our mission continues to grow, and it will, technology, all kinds of things changing. 
the question we'll ask ourselves is what, what's next? And we'll have to rely on the training division to pick up a lot of that what's next, right? To get the next generation trained on the newest thing, whatever's coming next. I don't know what that is yet. I don't have a great crystal ball, but I know there's some things coming in evolution in what the community is gonna need from us. Uh, and just thinking out loud, uh, the unhoused, unsheltered population. How do we respond to them uh, maybe differently and better than we respond to them today? That's one example. How do we meet that, that part of our mission now as we grow? So we'll see. I'll let you know. Hopefully you're, uh, you're going to still be here down at the training division to help uh, bring that out. Good question. How much opportunity do you think there's going to be for new candidates to come into our organization? How many spots will we open up over the next four or five years? What, so it, it's it big, like? the lift is big, and, and it's on the, the public record. I, I presented to city council, we're looking at about 105 new firefighters over a course of whatever time that looks like. But that's really our need. So if you think about 105, potentially, let's say it takes 10 or 15 years to get that. Uh, over the next 10 or 15 years, plus our retirees, as you all know, uh, that's a big chunk of our recruit academy in the backfill. There's incredible opportunity in this fire department to come join us. Beyond just our walls, if you look at the valley and the way the valley's growing, there's several opportunities throughout the entire Treasure Valley uh, to become a firefighter. So my message to candidates would be, if you don't think you can be one, test yourself a little bit because you probably can. A lot of us had those doubts about, can I do this, can I do that? Uh, I believe you can. And so we're certainly excited to open our doors. We're working on a very active, proactive recruitment campaign, as you know. Uh, it used to be the fire service just waited for, well, they'll come to us. Uh, and we all know nationwide, our numbers are down. That's every industry in our country. So we can just sit there and do the same thing and just wait for people to come, or we can get out and actively recruit. We're certainly doing some work with BSU, as you know, uh, to, to go hand in hand with their athletic programs. We have our Ignite boot camp. We're proactively looking for ways to find the best. Awesome. Well, Captain Kane, Captain Cope, thank you for your time today. Uh, this was great. I think our, our listeners are going to love this. They're going to see a little bit behind the curtain on what we do in training, even from recruitment to post-recruitment uh, to the probationary period, all of that. I think they're going to be excited to hear this. I want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, Chief. Thanks, Boise, for tuning in. We hope you join us next month for another exciting episode of the Mission Strong podcast.